You're listening to the Grace Church Podcast, a weekly podcast dedicated to bringing you biblical guidance to life's most important issues. We want to thank you for joining us for this week's message. We pray you find strength and encouragement as we learn from God's truth together. For more information, go to visitgracechurch.com. Hey guys, I'm in a season right now at Grace where I'm devoting my full attention to discipleship materials, uh, hopefully creating a resource, a book called Love Jesus that helps you know, people like you and, and me, we can actually invest in others, uh, reproduce disciples who can disciple others. Um, and as a part of that process, this week was a little harder to get to writing. I had a couple of retreats this week. I met with our pastoral team early this week, and then after that, our directional leadership team. And I got some feedback on a draft chapter that if you go to timhowie.com, I'll tell you that story, how it threw me for a loop, and please, please, please keep praying uh, for this journey as we invest more into helping people become outward-focused followers of Jesus. Uh, as, as a part of this season, other people are being the primary communicators for this time period. And so this week, you can grab your Bible. We're going to be in Philippians chapter 2. Uh, Philippians 2 talks about humbling ourselves as Jesus Christ. Uh, go to the Grace Church app. You can get the message notes. Here's the thing. The very act of the incarnation of God Almighty, who is the center of all praise and honor and glory... Coming down to be absolutely unknown, anonymous, taking on human form is the greatest act of humbling yourself in the history of the universe. And God calls us as followers of Jesus to humble ourselves as Christ. So let's take a look. Well, hello, Grace Church. It is so good to be with you today. Uh, My name is Russell, and I'm one of the pastors here. We're continuing our second week of the series called Life in Christ, where we're doing a book study on the book or the letter to the Philippians. Uh, And our key verse for this series uh, that we're going to repeat each week is Philippians 1.21. And it's this. It's, for to me, to live is Christ. And to die is gain. That life is about Christ. It's about knowing him. It's about following him. It's about imitating him. And it's about sharing Christ with the world. Last week, we talked about celebrating Christ preached uh, in the world. And today, we're going to follow suit by looking at a specific characteristic of Christ. And that characteristic is humility. And that we as followers of Jesus desire to humble ourselves as Christ has already humbled himself. We want to humble ourselves as Christ has done that. Now, now what is humility? What is humility? It reminds me of the first time I heard the word humility. It's, it, it, it's a really interesting word. It first, the first thing I think about is the word humiliation. Uh, but, but that's really not like the, the definition or, 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 or the idea that really humility that we're taking today. I was a junior in high school, and I got invited to a summer Bible study. 
And during this summer Bible study, the church that I went to, uh, it was on a, a small two-lane road, and it owned a piece of land uh, across the street from the main campus. They had eventually turned that, 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 that property into a parking lot, but before they did, they had these great pine trees, uh, that this pine tree woods that we would play paintball in uh, in the summer evenings. And I remember I got invited to this, 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 this book study that was on humility and that we'd play paintball. And uh, after studying that, 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 that book and that word for, for a whole six weeks in the summer of my junior year, I left having no idea what humility was. And, uh, and I, re- I think that happens to us a lot of times. Like we have, we don't fully understand this word humility. Or we have, we think we have the idea, but we have this false idea of what humility is. And so today we're going to hopefully uh, get a better picture of what that is. Uh, C.S. Lewis said this. Uh, he said that humility is not thinking less of yourself. It is thinking of yourself less. And I think that's helpful uh, because a lot of times when we think about humility, uh, we begin to push ourselves down. Like we actually stop thinking, uh, we, we, we don't think as highly of ourselves, and we actually, the idea of ourselves, we, 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 we lower it. I had another friend, and this is the definition that I, I, I kind of aspire to, I love this. His name was Mike, I worked with him uh, with students in Atlanta, and he said this, is that humility is having the right understanding of who God is, and the right understanding of who you are. Humility is the right understanding of who God is and who you are. When you have a right understanding of who he is and a right understanding of who we are, like that is the place that we live, that he is God, that the world is about his story and his narrative, but he has created me in his image uh, to to extend his purposes and his goals uh, in this world as well. Humility is not downplaying yourself, but it's having the right perspective of ourselves and how God has wired you and created you to use you so that people can know Jesus, the prize of this life. So that's what we're going to be talking about today, humbling ourselves as Christ. Christ is the example of of this humility. So would you pray with me as we jump in today? So Lord Jesus, God, we we praise you that you are the example of humility for us. God, we praise you that you humbled yourself and that you left heaven for us and that you died and rose again so that we could have life. God, would you teach us what it looks like uh, to lay our lives down? To not, to, to not have the wrong view of ourselves, but God, the view that you have of us, that we let you speak into who we are. God, would you move today? We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So if you, if you have your Bibles or your smartphones, you can turn to Philippians chapter two. That's where we're gonna be spending our time today. And uh, Paul opens this section and he, and he gives a little instruction and then he talks about this idea of if you do this one thing, it will fulfill my joy. Like, it will fulfill my joy. If you could just do this, it would really make me happy. And I don't know about you, but have you ever seen, like, a large, diverse group of people come together uh, and unite because it would bless or make someone else happy. Like I think about a sports team coming together and different members of a football team or a soccer team or a volleyball team, they might, not, they might not like each other, they might not always agree on what the best approach is, but they come together and do what coach says 
because they love coach and they, they, they want, to, they want to, to, to please coach. And this is kind of what, what uh, Paul is getting after. And this one thing that would make him happy is this idea of unity. This one thing that would make him happy is this idea of unity, that his church would be unified. But for that to happen is that unity, that they would have to be humble. And this is this, is that unity requires humility. Is that the point of this is that unity requires humility. We see this uh, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. Paul says this. He says, therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, and any encouragement in Christ, anything good about belonging to Jesus, following Jesus, any comfort of love that comes from following Jesus, any fellowship of the Holy Spirit, if there's anything good at all about, about being a follower of Jesus, about being in Christ, about Jesus being the prize of this life, about having the Holy Spirit dwell inside of you, any affection and mercy, verse two, it continues. He says this, then fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. If there's anything good at all, then be one, be unified, and this is gonna require humility, be one. Now, unity for unity's sake isn't always good. There's a lot of groups that unify around things that aren't always good for the world or good for the members of the group. Like for example, gangs unify. Thieves, criminals, they unify. And, and we as a church, that we, we have to be careful is that there's a lot of communities of faith, there's a, a lot of communities of believer that they unify, but they unify around the wrong things that they unify around the wrong things, and that we need to make sure that we are unifying around Christ and, and, and him crucified, that we're preaching the fact that Jesus is truly the prize of this life, and that when we put our faith in him, that he transforms our lives, and he gives us wholeness and peace and hope and joy, and that we want to point people to that. We want everyone to unify around these things. You know, and I, my band teacher told me this in high school. I don't fully know if this is true, but it made sense when we played all together, our instruments all together. He would say this. He said, you know, you could take a group of people, a band, our band, and we could all play different notes at the same volume. And then we could all play the same note at the exact same volume. So the, the, the output of all of the volume from all of the instruments is the exact same. This group is playing uh, different notes. This group is playing the same notes, and they're in tune. And, and the volume of the group uh, that are in tune would, would be so much greater than the volume of those that are playing different notes. And it's just simply the unity itself expands, expands the sound. Now, I don't know if that's true, but that's really cool. And I think it's the same impact is, is this, is that when we unite together, and we, when we unite around the right thing, which is Christ and him being made known and him being the savior of the world, him being the Lord of this world, when we unite around that, that, that the impact of that is maximized. Our unity is maximized. Now, what does this actually look like, though? Like, what, what does this actually look like? How do we unite? What is, like, the, what is this humility? What should this look like in our body, in this community? Well, Paul answers this in verse 3. He says this. He says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Verse 4. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, 
but for the interest of others. And he tells us this. I was talking to the middle school director at South OP, uh, Jared Lupo, about this section in Philippians chapter 2. And he showed me uh, a sermon or a way to remember this, uh, an alliteration to help me remember this. Now, he, he said he may have stole it from someone else uh, or he may have created it himself. I'm not sure, but I give him, Jared Lupo, the full credit here. And so here's, here's the alliteration, and it starts with this, is that we consider others. We start with considering others. And you see the first part of verse 3, that let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. We, we begin to, to think about others. Like, and we don't think about ourselves first. We don't, we don't put our desires, our motives. We, we, don't, we don't put our, our interests first, if you will. We, we, we consider others. Now, did you know that social media apps and even phones are starting to tell you how often you use them? How awful is that? Like, I was on Instagram, and it was like, you just spent 35 minutes on Instagram yesterday. Are you kidding me? What is wrong with me? And, uh, but, but if, what, what if, what if, what if there was a device that would, would tell us how often we thought about other people? Like, how much, how large or how small would that time be for your life? Or even worse, like, what if, what if there was, what if there was a device that told us and showed us how often we thought about ourselves? Like mine would be all day long, but we consider others. This is the first step that we begin to consider others. We think about others as, we, as, as opposed to our own thing. The second thing is that we champion others, is that we champion others. And this, is, this verse continues in verse three and four. In lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Like, like do you, when you think about others, like do you value them uh, greater or less than you? Like if every human being had a number over their head, an invisible number that only you could see over their head, and it had a rating system or a value system over it, what's your number and what is everyone else's number? Do you value, do you, do you view people, do you, do, you, do, you, do you root for people? Or do you think, no, they're not as important as, as this person or they're not as important as me? And I, I struggle with this. I, can, I, can be a, I, I personally can be an elitist in, in the way I think about myself and the way I think about others. If, you're not as, if I don't think you're as smart as I am or if, 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 you're, if, you're, if you're not making the right decision, I can think of myself better than other people. But really what Paul is getting at is this humility, is this idea of like we champion others, that we put people first. Like their number is higher than ourselves. And it's not saying that you don't have any value because if a community is all doing this, someone is putting you first as well, that we champion others, we root for others, we value others. And the third one is this, is that we cover others. Is that we cover others. And, it, and verse four ends with for the interest of others, that we look out for the interests of others. When's the last time that you, that you didn't just think about others or that you just valued others, but you, that you looked out for other people's interests? And I, I was, as I was praying this week uh, for, for this message, specifically is this, is, uh, is, is thinking about the interests of other, other, other families' kids. Like we live, we live in a society like, like if you met, if like mama bear comes out, papa bear comes out, you mess with my kid, I'm taking my ball and he's taking his ball and we're not talking again and we're going home. And we're going to close our garage, we're going to close our doors, we're going to close our blinds, and you can't see us anymore. But like, do you, have you, like, do you take time, do you, t- do you care for the interests of your neighbors? Do you care for the interests of your, of your neighbor's kids, of people in your group's kids? Like, do you act like they're, they're your kids? 
that you love them in that way, that you care for them in that way. And I don't know why I specifically thought kids, but like there's, there's more interests of others that we could value. But what if like, like this community like considered uh, and took responsibility like for every kid that ever walked through this door? Like what would, what would that look like? We, we cared about every kid and every kid, every kid that has parents, every kid that doesn't have parents. Like what would that look like? What would that look like? So if we're still having trouble picturing community, uh, the good thing is this, is that Christ is the perfect example of humility. Is that Christ is the perfect example of humility. He's a perfect example. And this mind, that this unity that we're supposed to center around in humility, the good thing is Paul kind of tells us, like, so what really should we unify around? He tells us this in verse 5. He says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. The mind of, like, Christ's mind needs to be in you, that we're centered on Christ, that he is what life is about. He is what everything is about. Now, Paul, Paul demonstrates uh, what this looks like. He demonstrates Paul, uh, Christ's incredible humility. And, and, you know, you might be here today, and you might be, be, be questioning, like, like is, is, like, following Jesus really worth it? Or even, like, knowing God really worth it. Like what's, what's his, like he's not that great or his grace or his affection, his mercy isn't that great. Like having the Holy Spirit dwell inside you, that, that's, that's not that great. Or maybe, 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 you, maybe you just have a hard time with Jesus. Like maybe someone's burned you in the church or maybe like you, like you just don't know. Like maybe this is your first time you've ever been in a church and you just don't know ab- about Jesus. Well, so we're going we're gonna to read and listen to uh, a description of Jesus and how he is the perfect example of humility. And so the next section, and this is the, the, the section that we're going to be talking about for, for a little bit, but 6 through 11 in Philippians 2 is this ancient poem, and it's, it's literally one of the oldest creeds of Christianity. And we're going to get to hear it. It's one of the first descriptions of who Jesus is. And, and people say Paul may have written this or maybe Paul knew this and was sharing this in his letter to the Philippians. Regardless, it's one of the oldest pictures and descriptions of who Jesus is. And it's a couple things. One, it's a picture of the good news is that it's about Jesus coming and dying and rising again for the world so that we could know him. The second thing is this. It's, a, it's an amazing picture of humility. And so what we're going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to read this, this section, the, the first half of it, two, to, uh, two times, uh, verses 6 through 8. And I just want you to get into a posture where you can hear what I'm saying. You might want to read it along with me so you can be reading it and hearing it. If it's better for you to close your eyes and just to focus on the words, uh, you can do that as well. But, but as I read this, I want you to consider what kind, of, like what kind of example Jesus is, that he is God, that he is Lord, that he became man, a slave, that he would do this for you. So get into the place that will help you focus the most on what will, is about to be said. And I'm going to read this two times. Though he was God, He did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he accepted, excuse me, when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God 
and died a criminal's death on a cross. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. That's Jesus. It's the picture of humility. That he is God. That he is he's equal to God. That Jesus is God. It talks about his divinity. But he didn't cling to it. Like he gave it up. Like he, he, wasn't worried. he wasn't worried about this equality with God. No, he became human and he was willing to give it up for us. You know, the language is interesting. That idea of he did not think equality with God uh, it's intended to remind you of, of Adam in the garden who wanted to be like God. The way that the, the tempter in the garden tempted Adam, he said, when you eat it, you will be like God. You'll become like him. Jesus didn't mind, didn't need the, the equality of God. He instead became man, which is amazing. He gave up his divine privileges. Now, he didn't stop being God when he came here, but he gave up his divine privileges and he took the position of a slave. You know, we don't, we don't like giving up our privilege very much, do we? Like, do you, do you like to give up your privilege? Like, I don't even like to give up, like, my seat on an airplane. I don't want to give up my divine privilege. Now, I will say this. Um, I love being first in line. Like, I love it. If I can be first in line, because I do not like to wait. Patience is a virtue, and I really need it. All right? But I don't like to wait. Uh, but there, God has gifted me uh, with this ability uh, in crowds to force my way to, front of, uh, to the front of lines. I'll give you an example. Um, I, was, I, I was living in Colorado, and I went to a concert with some friends. My wife was, my, I was dating my wife at the time. And then uh, another person uh, that you may know, his name is Luke Lauber, who is one of our musicians here. He's our creative arts director here as well. And, uh, and we were going to see One Republic uh, at Red Rocks in Colorado. It's a cool venue to go see. They usually have general admission for the front part of it. And so we got there early, and we were waiting. We waited a couple hours, but we were still like 300 people back in line. And I, I got to show them this day my ability to scoot around and to force my way up to the front. So as you slowly get pulled in closer and closer, it's getting time to where they're about to open up the gates. And they're like, I'm not going to run. But I, I, I was like, I, I will get us to where we, to the promised land, everyone. So the tactic for me, because, you know, I'm a bit of a small man. So I lift up my arms like this, and I begin to maneuver my way through the crowd. Excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, pardon me, all the way up. All right, and then they release, they release and let people in. So I'm still about, you know, 50 people back at this point. And this is where the speed really needs to kick in. And again, being a, a larger man, you might say, you know what, you probably lack some quickness, but I can hustle. And so I start ro- motoring my way on up. And mind you, we are a mile high, people. Altitude is, it's there. And then there's stairs that you have to climb, and I bust my way up the stairs, and I make it away. We got these perfect seats, like center row, f- five rows up. It's incredible, and we make it. I'm laying down, screaming for them to show up, because I love, 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 love being at the front. 
Like I'll go out of my way to be at the front. And I think so do you. You might, you might be the same way. We, have a, we, we, we struggle, we struggle giving up our position, but Jesus gave up his divine privilege for us. Would you give up, would you give up your, your, a position that you have for someone else? Would you give up your privilege that you have for someone else? It reminds me of, of James and John in Mark 10, 37. They come to Jesus and they say, hey Jesus, can we sit can we, can we sit at your right and left hand, like in heaven? Like they're worried about their seat at the table when Jesus was worried about the position of the rest of the world. Like Jesus took the position of slave so that you could, could have the position of son or daughter. Like Jesus took the position of slave so that you could have the position of son or daughter. And now that we have that status, that position, he asks us to become a slave of Christ, a servant of him, so that we can tell the world so that they can become his sons and his daughters. He took the position of slave, became a man, and died on the cross for you. This is the mind that we have. This is the picture of humility that we, we give up the seat at the front of the line so we can go to the back of the line so that else, someone else can have that front seat as well so that they can know Christ. We don't cling to control or status. We don't cling to the seat at the table. We give it up so that someone else can have it. Are you clinging to control or status or position for where you stand? Would you give it up so that someone else could encounter this life transformation work of Jesus? And humility gets us to this place where it postures ourselves to let God exalt us in his timing. Where it postures ourselves where we let God exalt us in his timing. First Peter 5, 6 says this. He says, therefore humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. That humility gets us to a place where God can do the exalting and it encourages us to live humbly and let God do the exalting. That, that we could live by this mantra, that we would live humbly and let God do the exalting. So after the humility kind of section uh, of that poem, it continues in verse 9, and it says this in Philippians verse 9, Therefore God also has highly exalted him. So yes, Jesus died on the cross, yet God has highly exalted him. And it's given Jesus the name which is above every name. Verse 10. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and of those under the earth, verse 11. And that at the, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So that though, though Jesus died and he humbled himself, God the Father have, has exalted him and given him the name that is above every name, that every tongue will confess that he is Lord. They're quoting Isaiah 50, 45 here as well. This confession, uh, by the way, of saying that Jesus is Lord, this confession to the people at Philippi is in complete opposition to Rome itself. In that day, uh, the Caesar thought of himself as God. 
He brought, they, they brought um, peace to the civil wars at Rome. And after peace happened because of those civil wars, the, the, the Caesars, the rulers, would have thought of themselves as God and that, that they would actually say that Caesar is Lord and that the people of that day, the Roman citizens of the day, would actually have to confess that Caesar is Lord. And when Paul is writing, he's making a distinct difference, saying, no, Caesar, you're just a man, and Jesus is Lord. He is the ruler. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. And that, that when we confess that, when we, when we declare that, when we believe that, when someone believes that for the first time, this gives glory to God. And when we as believers continue to, to, to declare him and worship him and exalt him, this gives glory to God. It brings glory to God. And this is what our lives should look like, that we let, we let Jesus take our lives we let Jesus, uh, we, we humble ourselves and we put ourselves in a position to let Jesus take our lives and to exalt us, not so that we get the credit, so that our lives can be a picture, an instrument for, for others to see Jesus and for God to receive glory. Now you might be, you might be jockeying for position, you might be fighting for other people to notice you. You might be even trying to fight and to, to squirm so that God might see you at the front of the line. You might think that you need to force your way to the top. And if you were really honest with yourself, it's at the expense of your marriage. It's hurting your kids. It's hurting your friendships. It's, it's crushing your morality and your ethics. And I would challenge you with this is, is maybe that you don't need to to continue to climb. Maybe it's that you need to live humbly and let God exalt you and let him lift you up. Because Jesus is ultimately the prize and life is for his glory and for people knowing him. And it's not for yours. The prize of life is Christ. And that when we do that, what we'll realize is that, 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 that God the Father, he writes better stories than we do. Like he has a better plan for your life than you have for yourself. Like, 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 and he knows what you need more than you even know it. He knows who you are more, more, more than you have any idea. He knows what you need. So live humbly and let him exalt you. So like, what is a response to this? As we, as we get challenged with this, that like we should humble ourselves as Christ was humble. Like, what is a response to like this? Well, hopefully, hopefully it's this, is that you're not like me as a junior in high school, who when I left this, this, this study for six weeks, like I left having no idea what humility was. You know, maybe it's that we need to start living Philippians 2, 3, and 4, the consider others and champion others and co cover others. Uh, or maybe it's this, is it's, not, it's not about ideals or it's not about these checklists, it's about who we are. It's about having this mind that is in Christ and that we need to live humbly after the example of Christ and not worry about our position, but let God position us wherever he gets the most glory, wherever he needs us to be so that more people can confess that Jesus is Lord and that he is the savior of the world. And so as we, as we finish today, uh, I, think, I think it's uh, the, the, it, the best way that we can finish is this, is to, is, is to read that section one more time and to think on this amazing example of what humility looks like, which is, is, is the perfect example of Jesus. That though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges he took the humble position of a slave 
and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Let's pray. So Lord Jesus, God, we praise you for being the perfect example of humility and we exalt you today. We exalt you and say Jesus is is the name that is higher than any name. And God, there will be a day, there'll be a day that everyone bows at your name. Whether we do it now or do it in the future. God, there'll be a day that even the people that follow you who bow, and the people that don't follow you, they'll bow because they're going to see you for who you truly are. God, I pray that, that, that today there will be people that, that confess you as Lord, that you are Savior, that you're the greatest. God, would you show us what it looks like to consider others? Would you show us what it looks like to humble ourselves? God, would you teach us today?